And my time. Let's tune in instead of agreeing. Oh, whoa. Let's, let's, let's third tune hand, in to third, hand third handshake. That <laughs> 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 face is making me laugh. <laughs> it's okay, awkwardness is fine. Awkwardness is fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Meg John and Justin. Podcast! Yay! Yay! Woo! As you can see, it's different every time. Every time. If that's if you can just be present and tune in to who starts, then yeah. you know we can have a great intro. I like that. It doesn't have to be scripted. Third handshake approach. <laughs> so this week is bisexuality visibility. Well, it contains by. <laughs> st- this is a great start. It contains <laughs> this week contains Biovisibility Day. Yeah, it's confusing because I think it is the whole week. Yeah. Um, but it started with the day, which is Saturday, the yeah. 23rd. Yeah. Um, it's always the 23rd of September, but I believe that now it is extended, at least in some places, to a full week certainly, ending on the 23rd. Uh, okay. Yeah. So certainly a lot of my friends on the Facebooks have been um, mm-hmm. talking about bisexuality visibility, and I think they've been doing a lot of memes Oh, there's been memeing. Memeing. What kind of memes? I don't know. (laughs) You are asking the wrong person here, mate. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 41. (laughs) I I just don't. I I struggle with memes. I really do. You do, don't you? I've told you you need to read that book, but... I know. Well, it's coming to the the end of the cycling season now, so... So then you could... It's called... Now I'm going to forget the name of the book. It's about trolling and it's called This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. Oh, uh, yeah, and yeah. it's awesome. It's like a whole big study on trolling and it also includes the kind of origins of memes. Um, so it's a very interesting book. I mean, I understand that memes are important. Yes. Like, they, uh, they, um, uh, they disrupt narratives, right? They trouble narratives. They, they can do. They can queer spaces. They can queer do. online spaces. They don't necessarily do, and I guess that's the thing. In the history of memes, it was they were pretty normative things in a way. Yeah. You know, I guess trolls were using them to create these kind of in jokes, but they were they were quite often a fairly yeah a fairly a, yeah a fairly normative in joke. There was certainly right. kind of a lot of sexism and racism and stuff going on in okay. the early memes. Yeah. yeah. But not so much these days, or maybe there's just different memes in different places. I'm just surrounded by all these memes that I just don't really understand. Yeah, so. well, it's tough if you don't get them. Yeah, and GIFs are a little bit similar for that issue because you have to kind of look through and scroll through and find ones that relate to cultural things that you're familiar with. Yes. I think I feel uncomfortable wielding a GIF that's not related to somebody I know who they are. Like, yeah, and, and if you and if you're not like up on everything, then it takes quite a while to find a relevant gift that's also something you actually know where it comes from it's true yeah yeah. these are the problems we have on social media dear listener that's right <laughs> we do our best don't we as old fogies <laughs> sometimes for on the Bish Twitter account uh, that's at Bish Sexo please do follow uh-huh. um, I'll say you know insert your own meme here or something mm. and so I suppose that's you know my, my online character is of this grumpy old man yeah who's you know Perhaps quite good at sex ed, but not very good at the at modern day technology. So this is like your online character. And how is that distinguished Just, from, uh, from? It's very subtle, you? but it's, <laughs> it's very subtle. <laughs> it's, so the untrained eye 
could look like it's exactly the same. <laughs> it's exactly the same. <laughs> anyway, that, none of that was about bisexuality. So, no. uh, shall we back <laughs> yeah. back to bisexuality? <laughs> Insert your bisexuality memes here. Indeed. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's a whole week of um, talking about raising awareness of. Um, Sometimes people um, talking about their own uh, bisexuality, and right. that's certainly the experience that from seeing my friends this week. That's what they, they've been doing—a mixture of all. Yeah, of those things. And I think and it's, it's telling, an important thing, right? Well, that's why, right. and it's telling. It's by Visibility Week because I guess other weeks and days that people have around different identities don't often have the visibility part yeah. on them, and I think that's the reason that's there is because bisexuality is often invisible. Yeah, in popular culture and the wider world. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we, there's, um, we talk about bi, uh, bi invisibility and also bi erasure. Yeah, uh, I think that's an important distinction as well because the erasure idea mm. means it's like it's being done to people. It's yeah. not just that it so happens to be invisible, yeah. it's like this is being done to people by the common assumption that people are either gay or they're straight. Yeah. The binary, yeah. sexuality binary, it yeah. sucks. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a bit about uh, this. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the issues that um, bisexuality um, uh, brings up in uh, sex and relationships education and advice and yeah. some of the kinds of stuff that um, we might cover as sex and relationships advisors. Yes, we thought we'd make it relevant to our, the theme of our podcast of sex and relationship advice. So I think we're going to talk a bit about how is, is, do we get to see bisexuality in sex and relationship education mm. and advice? And then we're going to talk a bit about what bisexual relationships and sex might be like. Yeah. So <laughs> should we start with that? So. Yeah, sure. I'm just going to give the quick background and, yeah, sure. and also visibility of, hey, I'm bisexual. Okay. <laughs> there you are. I'm visible. Because um, I've been working in this area for quite a long time now, I guess. Yeah. Over, well over a decade of being an activist around bisexual matters. Mm-hmm. And we produced, um, the group I'm part of called Bi UK produced this thing called the Bisexuality Report a few years back which is something that people can download for free if they're interested in all things bisexual um, and knowing some of the stats and yeah. stuff. So we won't go into a lot of that today, um, but that's available to people who want to download it. I mean, it's really important stuff. I remember reading that ages ago, but, mm. uh, so I can't remember the stats offhand, but there's really important stuff in there that we might just want to highlight, particularly around um, biphobia and mental health yes. and, and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So the mental health stats is that bi people are more have higher levels of pretty much all of the mental health issues mm. than either gay people or straight people. Right. Um, and and that seems to be highly linked to this bisexual invisibility that we talked about. The fact that um, bisexual people there are just very few role models mm-hmm. it hardly gets talked about mm. it's often assumed that you must be gay or straight hence the idea that you're just going through a phase or people yeah. treating you with suspicion mm. um, all of the biphobic stereotypes really are rooted in this idea that you can't really be bisexual yeah and we'll talk about a few of the specific forms biphobia takes in terms of sex and relationships and yeah. through the rest of the podcast i guess yeah and the biphobia is a very uh, specific kind of uh phobia as different from homophobia because yes. um it's it has its own particular place because biphobia means that bisexual folk kind of get it from both sides in a way don't yeah it? it's like the double discrimination yeah yeah that they're not welcome often in straight spaces or yeah. uh, gay and lesbian spaces 
and it's really irritating when people talk about homophobia or sometimes homophobia and transphobia mm. and leave out biphobia as if that can be kind of subsumed into homophobia because yeah. that's not the same thing no yeah very different kinds of things mm-hmm. different kinds of um, structures that enable that mm. as well but obviously a lot of bi people bi people often get homophobia as well yeah. because they're in same gender relationships or yeah. are perceived, perceived as being gay so yeah. they can often get both yeah yeah Mm. Um, so it's super important that we that we do this and so the bisexuality report is a really great starting point if this is something that you want to get um, if you want to find out some more about and you want something to inform your kind of activism then I think that's a really great place yeah to the other good statistics a more recent one actually from uh, YouGov when mm. they were studying young, young people and they yep. rocked out the old uh, Kinsey scale yeah. um, and found that over 40% of young people um, saw themselves as somewhere between exclusively homosexual and exclusively heterosexual so we could use the word bisexual for that umbrella there's lots of other terms knocking yep. around for being somewhere in between those two extremes but certainly you know, over forty percent of young people are somewhere between the binaries of gay and straight. Yeah. In terms of their attractions. Yeah. So that's a really useful statistic to hang on to. We're not talking about a minority of people here. No. We could even be talking about the majority yeah. if you look at those kind of statistics. And this is the thing that I I recently did a training course with some practitioners around sexualities, and I think some of them were. Uh, well, I hope they're not listening. I think <laughs> some of them were kind of thinking oh you know sexualities that's like LGBT stuff you know that's kind of stuff over there and we're working with mainly straight kids and uh, I mean I can understand where that comes from because you know that's uh, a a lot of the history of recent sex and relationships education is funded by the teenage pregnancy strategy right so a lot of sre for the last 15 20 years has been around preventing unplanned pregnancy and so Mm -hmm. it's been about often the focus on working with young straight women to try and prevent that but Mm. one of the problems with that is of course is that it if the focus is on young straight women rather than young uh, than all young people yeah people then it can do what we're talking about it can Mm. make invisible bisexuality well exactly and if even if you are focusing on young women who might get pregnant based on those YouGov stats probably yeah. that you know at least a significant minority of them if not the majority are actually going to be bisexual in terms yeah. of their attractions so exactly that is well worth bearing in mind there I mean it's one of the things that mm. we we as sex education in sex education we need to be as we talked about in our podcast around porn last week that we need to really start bringing all the topics in anyway yeah mm-hmm. um, and uh putting to the fore things like uh, gender and sexual diversity yeah. as well as consent and doing that properly mm-hmm. and properly doing relationships work and properly doing the stuff around how we feel about ourselves yeah. um, but on this course yeah I talked about this stats and said look actually uh, we could even argue that uh, I mean you might think that it's the minority of the people in a class who might be lesbian, gay, bisexual yeah. um, but actually it may turn out to be the majority if we add all these things together. Yeah, yeah. And certainly when we're looking at the... the, I think it's 43% said there was somewhere yeah. in the middle of the... not Neither a zero on the Kinsey scale or a six, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a huge number. Yes. And it was half that for older people, right? Wasn't yeah. It? So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's one of these things where increasingly people are, are more willing to... or 
reporting more frequently mm-hmm. uh, elements of bisexuality. Absolutely, yeah. So it does seem to be in in the current gen- younger generation. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there's, we could say a whole load of things about why that might be the case, but yeah. that's probably a different podcast. But yeah. That's yeah. where we're at. So actually, mm. it's not this kind of... Um, I mean, it just shows how important by visibility day yeah. slash week is because... Uh, I mean, even if it was a minority of people, it's still important. Right, but exactly. it's not. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, it still shouldn't be that you have to be treated so badly, even yeah. if it was like a tiny percentage of people. Yeah. And it's not a tiny percentage of people, it's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yes. So that's what we need to change in sex and relationship education. It needs mm. to, every single lesson needs to be able to include... Um, everybody rather yeah. than just doing like a sp- I mean the most that a bi kid would get at school is you know a little bit of the lesson which is about LGBT yeah um, they would get the B bit of that and they might get a little brief mention yeah and that's kind of it well you were saying that even the LGBT bit if there is a bit it's like a one off session yeah. or one off bit and generally focusing on same sex sex and same-sex relationships yeah so actually it's not really about being bisexual and no. probably the t is erased as well it's yeah. it's probably just really about understood in terms of the lg yeah, yeah. and it kind of strips a lot of the politics away from it as well mm. it strips a lot of the the, the structural uh structural oppression that sounds really incredibly worthy thing to say but it's true it strips yeah. away that actually one of the problems for perhaps the biggest problem for young people is school Yes. Uh, so, uh, quite. You, so, <laughs> and it's very convenient, I guess, if any lesson you know doesn't talk about how um, schools don't do enough to tackle uh, mm. homophobia, biphobia, transphobia. Yeah. Um, it's very convenient, but um, yeah. So, um, where was I going with that? So yeah, it's just there's just not enough of it. No, but I think we're also saying that it's the same as sex advice. Right? It is, yeah. So my extensive survey of awful sex yeah. advice that I've done, which I've probably talked about on here a few times now, um, yeah. So I looked at where in mainstream sex advice is there any mention of LGBT at all? Yeah. Um, and the answer is similarly, it's um, you don't get away with many sex advice books now that don't even mention Mm. um, although there are still a lot that just assume a heterosexual couple all the way through and even have pictures of that very just one same couple the whole way through right Um, but there's a bit more diversity in some of them but generally your LG is going to get a tokenistic page or two yeah um, and there's often no mention of bisexuality there's a kind what it's kind what's it what it's covering is often if people are frightened they might be gay right it gives them a lot of reassurance that it's possible for straight people to have some same sex attraction but it doesn't mean you're gay right which is really concerning that that's its take home message right. and there's nothing about that well it might mean you're bi it's more like yeah. don't worry straight person you're not really tainted with gayness just because you've fancied one person of the same gender once I'm so glad I didn't have to read all those books yeah I didn't enjoy reading them it was no. pretty depressing and the other thing it reassures people about is that it's really interesting because a lot of the books have this whole thing about how difficult sex in a way in a straight relationship is because mm. it's kind of assuming this natural gender difference that men mm. will want lots of sex and women won't yeah so I guess one of if if we agreed that was a a legitimate problem which we don't Mm -hmm. but if we did one of the obvious answers to that is men get with men women get with women yeah so the kind of the books are kind of invested in saying that 
actually sex between men and sex between women is a bit crap so yeah. the way they do that is to talk about lesbian bed death <laughs> and it's like it says you know don't be gay because if you were gay you would you know if you were a woman anyway you would be having no sex um, so yeah it's it's really horrific and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's no way of winning there is there no, no nobody oh. <laughs> no it's, yeah. very, it's very terrible <laughs> um, so yeah so let's move on to what we might say about sex and relationships that might be better than that in relation to bisexuality which kind of anything would be better because it doesn't even get a look in I mean the yeah. thing that we do in our book is to that you know sex education often and sex advice usually mm-hmm leaves out the structural and the cultural messages we all receive, right? Yes. And so that's a big starting point for us, that Mm -hmm. actually um, we are all on the receiving end of lots of messages, many of which are pretty crappy about um, Mm -hmm. sex and relationships and who we're meant to have sex with and what Mm -hmm. counts as sex and and what it is that we should be doing rather than what it is that we may want to do. And actually... Biphobia is a big part of that for many folk. Absolutely. And so what are the messages that bisexual people get about sex and relationships? Well, they get these biphobic stereotype messages, mm. which is that bisexual people are promiscuous, mm-hmm. they're greedy, they want lots of sex, mm. they have to be having sex with more than one gen- well, with men and women, because yep. the stereotypes don't acknowledge other genders generally. Mm. Um, in relationships bisexual people will cheat on you they will leave you generally they'll leave you for somebody of a different gender than you are Um, that's basically what bisexual people get in terms of the cultural messages and that's one of the things that really troubles people isn't it and this is um, Mm. it kind of troubles the idea that when you're in a relationship with somebody you should not have any kind of solo kind of space for your own sexuality that it can only exist in terms of the other person that's right it kind of links in doesn't it with some wider messages that we do talk about in Mm. the book around yeah that sort of any any sense of solo sexuality is not okay your sexuality is all to be about your partner it's also massively patriarchal it's really interesting when Mm. you unpack it a bit Mm. the assumption the stereotype is always that women but by women will end up with a guy yeah. and by men will end up with a guy because of course guys are best and everyone must end up with a guy like what <laughs> oh gosh right yeah yeah with so with our approach to sex and relationships advice mm. we've got to include all those crappy sometimes crappy messages that we get right. and one of those things is talking about biphobia yeah um, and all of those biphobic ideas about sex and relationship actually make it hard for pretty much all bi people because you know the, it's hard to be a bi person and be monogamous for example because mm. there's this massive assumption you're going to be promiscuous yeah but it's also hard to be a bi person and be promiscuous because then people see you as feeding into the stereotypes yeah. so you're either invisible if you're monogamous mm. or you're hyper visible if you're promiscuous and people might argue that you're conforming to stereotype um, so you can't kind of win in relation yeah. to a lot of those biphobic stereotypes it's like whether you resist them or whether you um, go along with them you're going to be damned if you do and damned if you don't yeah yeah so um, and that can uh, and those kinds of things can come around come about both both those kinds of things can start to exist outside of a relationship but also inside a relationship as well yeah right? yeah so um, people might have some uh, biphobia going on within a relationship which may cause problems within the relationship in terms of 
um, one person, so so somebody who is either straight or uh, gay or lesbian rather than bisexual. What's the term for that? It's um, monosexual. Monosexual. That's yeah. It. So somebody who's monosexual, who's in a relationship with somebody who's bisexual. Yeah. Uh, or bi. Um, may oh, oh I can't kind of worms there. So, but somebody who's mono Rem- romantic yeah, or, sexual or monosexual, yeah, with somebody who is bi romantic or bisexual. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, they might have a bit of biphobia going on f- uh, mm-hmm. there for them, which might mean that they treat their partner badly. As a result, they might prevent them from seeing other folk or from talking yeah. about that uh, well, often romance. often that one often like yeah. you know that the, it's seen as um, threatening to the relationship if the bi person in a monogamous relationship is telling people that they're bi yeah. and this may be one of the reasons why those stats go down from younger people to older people mm. because once people are in relationships there seems to be a lot of pressure not to be open about your bi-ness mm. because it's assumed if you're bi you are going to cheat on somebody or leave them yeah um and that's the that's where that comes from. Mm. So I did some some work with Diva, the magazine, mm-hmm. a while a, long, a while back, a couple of years ago, where they looked into this and they asked lesbian and bi readers to mm. talk about their experiences. And yet, a lot of the lesbian readers were saying they would never date someone bi, mm. um, and if they were with a bi partner, they mm. would. It was like you're lesbian now, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that can be a real difficulty for anyone who's um, who's bi because um, they might have their own internalised biphobia as well like most bi people are going to have some degree of shame because of the these social messages we've been talking about yeah. so that the real risk is that emotion, quite emotionally abusive stuff and even to the point of domestic violence can happen in relationships with a bi person because mm. you know there's, that, that they're accepting this kind of behaviour from a partner mm. um, but, you know because it's so normalised mm. and certainly the stats seem to bear this out that bi people are particularly at risk from um, domestic abuse of various kinds yeah mm. and so it, the solution there isn't necessarily to only date bi folk either right because no yeah it's <laughs> uh, so um, what are some of the other things that people um, that uh, bi folk in relationships might kind of encounter well I guess around the sexual stuff those assumptions about by people being promiscuous and mm. up for it and greedy and what have you may make people feel under certain pressure to mm. conform to those kind of things. Yeah. To you know, I guess people might assume that a bi person, you know, that it's quite a positive stereotype that bi people would be great at sex, but of course they're no more likely to be great at sex than anybody else. No. <laughs> um, so that might be that might be one that plays out as well. You know, we've talked about that before in relation to gender, how mm. you know assumptions that you know that you should always be up for sex can be just as bad as assumptions that you won't won't be into sex yeah definitely yeah and even if somebody well there's also the assumption that bi folk will have had some sexual experience with people of the same and different genders and that's yeah. not necessarily true not right? necessarily true so, and then often again you're damned if you do if you're damned if you don't because if you admit you haven't actually had experience with one of the genders people will say well you're not really bisexual <laughs> Like even yeah. though heterosexual people are assumed to be heterosexual even before they've had an experience, yeah. um, but if you you know if you say that you have had experience, then people assume you know yeah you know what you're doing with everybody and yeah you know that will conform to the stereotype. I mean, sexual harassment's a big issue for a lot of bi people, particularly yeah. bi women, mm. and particularly again it's really intersectional because particularly black bi women, for example, right. who are hypersexualized yeah. for being black, for being women, and for being bi. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, so so yeah, d- 
definitely dealing with sexual harassment, dealing with non-consensual behaviour from mm. others, you know, the assumption that you'll be up for threesomes, mm. that kind of thing can be a real issue. So, mm. you know, we've talked on the podcast before about the, the, the toughness of saying no, yep. and there's extra toughness for a lot of bi people around just being assumed that they want to be doing all of this all of this stuff you know there's a, an interesting kind of gendered aspect to the expectations on uh, around bi here as well that um there's almost, I, I know that often in, we talked about this in the sex positivity podcast that we did but often mm. i think there's um there's an assumption that if you're a woman and you're interested in sex that you're going to be bisexual yes that you're going to be interested in uh, in sex and in interested in, in having sex with people of different genders but particularly getting on with other women kind yeah of thing, right? yeah really kind of normative way um but uh, that really that isn't that same expectation to the same degree with men no right? it's a very different kind of thing going well on. it was really interesting I was watching this fantastic new um, rom-com series um, Insecure oh, yeah, um, which I was mentioning to you yeah. which is super good um, and one of the episodes had that very thing mm. so there's like a couple and um they're sort of tr- they're in, their, in their, you know an early date and they're trading sexual secrets and so she tells him about the time he got she got up I got it on with a girl in college right. and he's all like rubbing his thighs kind of thing yeah and then he says oh you know actually same for me like mm. and tells her a little story about when he went home with a mate and they and uh, I think they gave each other a blowjob or whatever yeah and she dumps him wow you know okay. because he must be gay right Wow. so interesting yeah I mean that just tells you a lot it's very nicely dealt culture. with in, yeah. the, in the show actually it's really nice to see a show that's you know the word bisexual is used rather than you know so the show yeah. is critical you know yeah. and the other characters are critical of what she does yeah. it's not like played for laughs of, yeah. of course you dump him yeah. it's like hang on a minute there's that's a double standard here <laughs> yeah. yeah which is really good to see yeah yeah so there are kind of div- uh, different pressures there and, and stuff as well I know that um, it's certainly something that a lot of uh, by women I know that do online dating are kind of sick of you know I'm yeah. not here for your threesome right um, <laughs> yeah. just please stop it now and again damned if you do and damned if you don't yeah. right if you are up for them then you're seen as conforming to stereotypes and being easy or slutty or whatever and yeah. if you're not up for them then you're seen as like you know well what's the point of you being by then or something yeah. you know yeah <laughs> I think there's something there as well about um, uh, maybe there's an assumption for around for towards bi folk that they're not going to be monogamous that you know, yeah that it wouldn't make sense for bi folk to be monogamous but actually there are many bi folk in yeah it's about fifty fifty really in the right. stats that have been collected okay. so yeah so about the same rates for gay men right um, in terms of being monogamous or non monogamous and so, then obviously there's quite a lot of things somewhere between in the fuzzy ground between monogamy and non-monogamy because hey folks it's not a binary no exactly <laughs> yeah. um, we've talked about that before there's yeah. lots about, about that oh, we should do a plug really there's lots about that in our relationship zines and that there is that you can get from our website makedonandjustin.com is it slash zines slash, <laughs> or slash publications, publications yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but I guess you know is there some specific advice there around like handling um maybe one or both partners are by in a monogamous relationship uh, how yeah. to make space for that I well, guess it's or? tough because you will get re-closeted yeah. you know so this is the thing where you know there's a lot out there about how coming out is perceived as a very important thing for people to do for their mental well-being mm. it's important to say on top of that it's not as easy for everyone to come out 
you know, yeah. so we shouldn't be putting pressure on people to no. come out. And actually, for bi people, the problem is you're going to often come out and be recloseted. Yeah. Um, that people are going to still assume, well, you're the sexuality based on the gender of your current partner, especially for monogamous bi people. I mean, so they really may find themselves having to come out repeatedly to people who assume that they're gay or straight. There's a good celebrity example of this. Look at me with pop culture references. So Show Tom, with your pop culture. Is it a meme? Tom, no. <laughs> talking about Tom Daly. Uh, yeah, so, and I think this is a good example because he, yeah. um, everyone read him as being straight because yes. he was dating a woman and he said on his YouTube video, I was dating, I was dating women now and dating a guy. Yes. Um, and then um he didn't use any labels, but no, you know, it, it became mm. uh, there was a while there where it was like um, some newspapers were saying, you know, Tom Daly's actually gay. Yes, uh, but you know, um, there was kind of I remember talking about it on my website. There was a lot of you were talking about it, and mm. Twitter was talking about, you know, hey, could be bisexual. This is, you know, yeah. probably what's going on here. He did say, I think he was still attracted to women, and he had a male partner. I think was kind of how he phrased it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's. And then there was a later interview where it was. I think it was in Diva where he it was kind of. It was they kind of. It seemed to me from the interview that they were kind of pressing him into being. Well, gay. I saw they, they did really on the telly one because you know I saw him on this telly interview where the guy just says, "Oh, so you're gay now?" I yeah. think it was again. I think it was some cultural reference that he was saying gay mm. now, but it was like. It, there was very little space for Tom to say anything else yeah. you know um, and absolutely it's fine to be somebody who doesn't have a label on your sexuality it might yeah. be that other aspects rather than gender are important to him or it might be that he just doesn't like the idea of labelling for all kinds of reasons so yeah. but yeah you really saw that cultural pressure yeah. to pick a side yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah. and it is that is how it's perceived so it's you know I think the it is important to say it's really tough for folks mm. I think to not there's, there's not kind of a glib you know, this is what to do to make it all better. It's yeah. it's going to be hard, and I guess that I'd really, in a way, I'd rather give the advice to all of the other listeners yeah. who aren't bi to get better at this shit, <laughs> rather than the advice to the bi listeners as to how to deal with people's shitty biphobia. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> you know? uh, so stop making assumptions about people's uh, sexualities yeah. based on the relationships that they're in at the moment. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess there's a thing there around navigating solo sex as well that we were kind of talking about yeah. and allowing for fantasies and things like that's right some people's kind of um, talking about monogamous relationships mm. um, with bi folk that you know there are some people who really are not happy about their partner having very much solo time yeah either and not well sometimes even solo time to do anything but, yeah um, in a sexual relationship uh, people often kind of like having to sneak around having a wank here and there or mm. something which is kind of like I mean we go as far as to say in our book that it's kind of not cool yeah that. Pe- um, people should have that yeah it's sort of a basic human right to be able to have a wank yeah. I think is what we're, we're I mean, going for there are spectrums of monogamy but there's like yeah. we're like yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah but it's kind of like just making sure that it's um that it's kind of, I guess there might be a bit of internalised biophobia going on there for somebody if they're worried that they're wanking about somebody of a different gender to well, them. Yeah, that's often some of the worry around solo sex, mm, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you know, that it's not going to be you that, you know, and we see that in that old episode of Sex and the City where they're trying to get 
Troy to is it Troy to Trey. Charlotte Trey that's it Trey oh, so, yeah. you know they're trying to get him to wank to images of Charlotte so they're putting Charlotte's head on all of these Big porn bodies yeah. Yeah, yeah um you know there's this kind of idea that somehow you should only fantasize about your partner yeah um and yeah I think that's multiplied for yeah. by folk that there's this there's this threat that you might fantasize about another gender but again once we start to question whether the of only two genders, which we we need to do. Yeah. Well, anyone that somebody fantasizes about is probably going to be a different gender yes. to their partner. You yeah. know. Exactly. Um, and I think, yeah, assuming you know people would only fantasize about the person they're with, you know, maybe that, maybe some people do that, but that's not very, not very common to only fantasize about one person. Yeah. Mm. Should we go into talking about the different um, kinds of scales of? attraction and what it is that we might be attracted to or is this going to be too complicated well I think that's you know I think that just is just to nod to it maybe like Mm. that this is what maybe we can learn from bifolk that's Mm. useful for everyone yeah so you've you know you've planted one really nice one already that you know maybe from bifolk we can learn that it's okay for people to have other sexual attractions other than their partner yeah you know um, and that's fine um, and other romantic attractions as well mm-hmm. if we're talking about bi-romantic people um, but yeah I think by folk start us to think about sexuality on on multiple scales rather than just the one mm. um, so it's not just about gender attraction especially like we were saying that for some bi people their definition is regardless of gender yeah because maybe something else is more important like yeah. for someone who's more on the dominant to submissive scale like mm-hmm. that's the most important scale for them yeah. it may not matter what gender the person is so long as they're up for subbing for yeah. example or it may not matter what gender the person is so long as they're you know a furry or yeah. so long as they're into a certain fetish or, or, yeah. yeah exactly yeah um uh, it, you know again for people on the asexual spectrum it may be more important that someone is matching them on that spectrum than what gender they're into romantically yeah um so yeah I think it just starts us to think hey sexuality is on multiple dimensions it's not just on the one yeah, yeah. and um Sari Van Anders is the th- a theorist who's been doing or a scientist who's been doing a lot of work around this multi-dimensional sexuality recently so so the science is catching up with what a lot of people have already always known which is it's yeah. on multiple dimensions yeah yeah and this is kind of like kind of in a like post-label world, people are attracted to who, whoever they're attracted to, and everyone's the the garden is full of flowers and bunnies and That's fairies. Is and... that what it's like in the future? No, it's not. It's never, never going to happen. <laughs> that was a meme. Things. That was a meme, wasn't it? What this is? What the neo? No, I can't remember what the meme was. This, this is, is what, what the, the yeah the future looks like. Neo, but... <laughs> oh, so crap and old. How how crap and old? How we can't even remember the meme. Insert meme here. Yeah. Um, but so, anyway. um, but yeah, in a kind of. <laughs> I'm looking up on my phone while you talk. <laughs> it's going to be so really. Just suggesting, like in terms of, um, uh, we were in fact at we the event that you um, organise and run, uh, critical sexology. That yeah. I very. Uh, was very thrilled to go to the other day. We had uh, some brilliant speakers on non-binary gender. We did. And um, one of them, uh, H, was talking about, um, you know, that uh, that the heterogeneity of gender, right? That we, because of all the different intersections of intersections of gender, that actually our genders can look pretty unique, and that if we are, if we can have, if we can all just have our unique genders and unique sexualities, just kind of yeah 
recognised and just that everyone's okay with it and that's cool but at the minute we don't have that and so this is why we need by visibility week that's right exactly and you know it would be great if we could get to that point but we're not there no. at the moment are you still looking at this meme I'm really trying to because I just want to know what it was <laughs> <laughs> this is staying in the podcast by the way just <laughs> all of it <laughs> This is this is what it sounds like when one of the presenters of the programme is looking up a meme on their phone. I wasn't really being present to what you were just saying, which is a shame because it was about H's awesome talk, yeah, um, which was super awesome. And yeah, that we all have a unique sexuality and a unique... Why can't I find this? Like, why would it not just come up straight away? Are you enjoying this, listeners? Because this is, <laughs> this is gold. I can tell you sitting here, this is really great. This is the... <laughs> ah, I found it! I found it! It's on BuzzFeed! Hang on! Here we go. Oh, look. Now, now we're going to show it to you. <laughs> the future that liberals want. That's the future that liberals want. Back. So this was start, um, all the history of it. Far right tweet. This is the future that liberals want. That's right. And then liberals, well, people just made a whole meme about it with all kinds of pictures. This is the future liberals want. I'm looking at a picture of a load of dogs. This is the future liberals want. And yeah, it right. is. <laughs> Lots of them have dogs in them. Anyway. So that's the so that's the future that we want. That's probably never happened, but you know where, or not in our lifetime, maybe. But um, no, there's a picture of a woman with Godzilla, and Godzilla has an umbrella. So, <laughs> so the, maybe yeah. the, does the woman there have like a unique sexuality around Could be Godzilla? Godzilla only with an umbrella, a with parasol, an umbrella. Actually, I think parasol. Yeah, yeah. And that's chill. Yeah, this absolutely chill. And it's like. Fine, that's what yeah. we want in the world. Exactly. And everyone has those rights in Yes, right. yes. And it's all like just... That's where we want to be, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Which is why well, we as have... long as Godzilla's consenting. Like, okay, let's just put that out there too. Yeah. It's not okay to... Liberals... Well, we're not liberals in this scenario. We're us being awesome, hopefully. But, yeah. like, it's only good if it's consensual. I mean, how do you tune into Godzilla? You know, what... Mm. Because I... Some of those noises Godzilla's making... They could like, be taken different. Yeah, I think you need to do some meta communication with Godzilla. What does the noise mean yeah. before you just assume, yeah, yeah, that it means I want to stomp a city or you know, yeah, I'm up for a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't make assumptions about Godzilla. No. Yeah. Every time you meet Godzilla, it's like the first time. Yeah. You should Terrifying. Be <laughs> and it may only be the one time if you get close to him because uh, you might get trod on. Yeah. yeah. But we'll come back to this on um, Godzilla Visibility Day, whenever that is. So, yeah, that's right. You know, we'll we'll look we'll podcast that up and do Godzilla yeah. Visibility Day. <laughs> Today's actually International Talk Like a Pirate Day, I think. Oh, oh, it is. We could have done that the whole thing. We could have, but we haven't. So that's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be funny though, because it won't be Talk Like a Pirate Day when this comes out. It'll be Bisexual Visibility Day instead. <laughs> they could mission two together, because quite a lot of bisexuals like talking like a pirate. Really? Oh yeah, I'd say that that's a, like a Venn diagram with quite a big overlap. Right okay. There. Yeah, right there. Right. Yeah. I believe you. Yeah. If that is you, dear listener, do write <laughs> in and tell us. Um, <laughs> if you have any ideas about how to tune into Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. If you want us to do an impression of the pirate Fonz. No. <laughs> Fonz ship has sailed, MJ. That's like they, the public have spoken. <laughs> I can't see them going for the pirate fonts. <laughs> I can't see that happening. I'm going to level with you. Godzilla fonts? I can't see... I mean, that would just sound like Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. 
if you would like to record <laughs> us your no we're not doing that I'm not fielding a load of Godzilla <laughs> no. Fonz impressions no okay don't do that alright dear listener okay. don't do that um, but do that don't, don't do that <laughs> do, do do that <laughs> Please don't. So, um, <laughs> we oh, let's br- bring this to a close, like the seasoned <laughs> podcasters that we are. So, because yes. uh, we've got an event to go to. We do. We've got to go into we're a workshop tonight. this evening. Yeah. yeah. So, we're doing a workshop at Shush tonight. So, we are. Um, and so. They are of sexual goods. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not sponsoring this podcast yet, but you know. No, but if they wanted to. Pervera of sexual goods. It's yeah. a really nice sex shop. Mm, uh, it is Square in Hoxton Square, yeah. Yeah, in that London. Yeah, it's well recommended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, if you enjoyed this, you can subscribe at soundcloud.com forward slash Meg John Justin. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at Meg John Justin. MJ's doing some serious uh, tweeting on there at the minute. I'm all about the Twitters right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're on facebook.com forward slash Meg John Justin. And we are online. Yes. MakeJohnandJustin.com There you go. See, we've been sharing that. I like it. It's nice. That was it. And that was like third handshake present to it. That was a lot of third handshake. I think that all the laughing about Godzilla actually made me more tuned in. Like more embodied. Okay. More connected. Yeah. With you you and with myself. It's the... um, it's the oxytocin, MJ. Is that it's, the, it? it's the micro moments of positivity resonance. Oh, right. I'm just, yeah. Which is probably coming up in a future podcast because we've already recorded one about that. Have we? <laughs> yeah, we did it like, the what? other week. Yeah, last week. I don't even know we anything about, about that. Okay. Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, we talked right. about it. It was great. Oh, okay, cool. You were there. I was. I wasn't so present to it the was... conversation about the being present hormone. That's so meta. But you were. But you were present at the time. Yeah. Okay. It's just not now to the past which is good because not being present to the past is being present to the present which is awesome That's which is what you want right 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 <laughs> right 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay so, so uh, until next time we're, we're, I mean you know what's coming next we've told you gender until, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Uh, until next time <laughs> bye bye